How's it going today, guys? We are back here live once again in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3 today, Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019. A few days after the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, you know, huge weekend. We got the Final Four to look forward to, but I mean, Brett, you ready to get down to it, baby? Oh, yeah, man. It's uh, It's been a weird ride in March, uh, as as per usual. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're Auburn. Auburn. Tigers. Thomas wrote that in the show notes today that the Auburn Tigers. Hey, I was I was tough. We've been quick, guys. It's been a hectic day today. They're, long they're, day. They were very motived, and they ended up exposing Kentucky in the Elite Eight. It's pretty crazy. They also beat North Carolina. It was wild, and I mean March Madness has been crazy. And um, hey, man. I'm ready to I'm ready to delve into that right off the bat. Oh yeah, we've also added a um, stat guy slash just kind of helping me and Brett move on because y'all know how me and Brett can get stuck on a task. Victor Smith, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? He's uh, he's gonna help us move along in timely fashion. So you want to introduce the first topic for us? Yeah, we're gonna go run right into the coaching defensive ones for uh, Sweet Sixteen and Lead Eight. All right, so let's get it going. I mean, it was a crazy week, honestly, this week in the. Sweet 16 Elite Eight, as you said earlier, you know, my first takeaway, honestly, before we get to just like games in general, is that Michigan State, um, Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Virginia, those are three of the top five teams in college basketball defensively. And I mean, my thing has always been with college basketball. I mean, like you can have all the one and dones like Duke has, like Kentucky has in the past. I mean, they'll win for you one out of every like five years, you know, but it's always the teams that are deep that get there and do it. I mean, you can have some young talent mixed in there, but it's the veterans. I mean, even Auburn is the veterans in the coaching. Like, I think Bruce Pearl, like, the job he did with that team was crazy, but I mean, just the fact that we have three of the top five defenses in the final four, I mean, that just speaks volumes of being, because defense is all coaching, you know, that's all matchups and figuring out, you know, what the weaknesses are and exposing it. That's all, like, pregame preparation and stuff. So, I mean, I just think it's crazy how big coaching and defense, I mean, that's what win championships. Dude, I'm, t- I'm telling you, that Texas Tech-Michigan game, the first half of that was the equivalent to the Super Bowl. I mean, it was, like, such a defensive just, like, I think there was probably 30 points in the first. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think Michigan – Michigan didn't score – here's a stat. Michigan didn't score 20 until the two timeouts – into the second half. Yeah, Michigan had like four points with like eight minutes to go in the first Two timeouts into the second half. Mm-hmm. That they was, scored 20. That was and, ugly. I mean, it's just, it was pitiful. Like, I mean, it was such a bad performance by Michigan. I thought that was, two seed for them was outrageous. I said it from the start. We both were on it. Yeah, we were both on that. And, I mean, it's pretty crazy how defense has really shined out because Texas Tech is a great defensive team. They have length across the board. I think they're my... They were one of both of our sleeper picks coming in, and they were favorite coming into March, and now, I mean, handily beating teams. And it's been, I mean, would you say they're the favorite in the bracket right now in terms of the Final Four? I mean, just in terms of straight tournament performance. I would say Michigan State for sure. Michigan State? I mean, they did beat Duke. They did beat the the powerhouse in terms of Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. But... 
They're definitely relying on veteranship and coaching. Yeah, I mean, Cassius Winston is a guy. Yeah, yeah, he gets the ball. Like, it's not even that he overpowers you with how he scores, kind of like Carson Edwards did. Who I want to, yeah, I want to gas Carson Edwards up here in a little bit. But first, like the way he plays, like Cassius is going to get the ball wherever he needs to get it. And on top of that, like he can get buckets when he needs it. Like he kind of took over that game for them. Has he missed a free throw yet? I don't think so. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he's so fun to me. Yeah, there we go. There's our stat guy pulling the first stat for us. Because he missed a free throw in the uh, March Madness tournament. I'm going to let you know. He's on it. He's on it. But we'll, we'll keep going. We'll, he'll come back to us with it. But, I mean, the way Cassius took Let's over in that game. Go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love it. I love it. So, the way Cassius took over that game to me kind of changed it. I mean, look, Zion played a great game. But, honestly, the best player on the floor of that game was Cassius Winston. He made it known. And that's why they pulled it out. I mean, what it, the veterans in the defense of Michigan State and the size, like I told you all on last podcast, would beat Duke in that next round. Zion, RJ, they clearly looked tired. They played too many minutes. You know, I thought that, can we talk about Cam Reddish coming in three minutes in? Like, yeah. Wait, well, that was so okay. weird. Well, that was weird. But all I'm going to say is about Duke is great teams win in mm-hmm. close games, but great teams are going to lose eventually if you're going to be playing a close game every time you go out yeah. there. So, I mean... Dude, that Michigan State game was wild. I mean, the vets, dude, Cassius Winston is just an animal when it comes to, I mean, how many second chance threes did he get in that game? It seemed like every time he was in the right right spot at the right time, he's just that type of player. I mean, it's, it sucks that Duke got out because I kind of wanted to see Zion in like a national championship stage, but Mm. it is what it is. Winston Uh, has not missed a free throw yet. Has he? I don't think that, that means he didn't miss a free throw last year either. So that means he hasn't missed a free throw <laughs> in March. two straight marches. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Chill there, Brett. You're going to jinx him now. He's going to come to he's the gonna line. Have all the line. Yeah, he's going to pull an RJ Barrett. Oh, yeah. no. By the way, first off, they had to get the ball there to Zion. I think if Zion went to the free yeah, throw line, sure. he would have hit both of them or he would have probably dunked back his own miss. <laughs> Exactly. Well, where was he on the putback? I mean, RJ saved him. I mean, if I RJ was, saved him, so Zion's to blame. Yeah, honestly, blame. honestly though, if I was one of the, the guys at Michigan State boxing out, like I was, I kept saying, I was like, I would just turn around and straight ride Zion out, like I'm like a linebacker. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, like it's a board drill. You know, like just push him, him, just push, push him, him out of there. Nobody's even gonna call it. <laughs> punch him in the He's face. He's not even gonna feel it. Nobody, nobody's no reaction. They basically Jeez. were that last game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for I me, mean, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. They even let them get away with that but that's there's so many quotes great quotes this week Tom or uh, Izzo fucking saying uh, that uh, I've lost my train of thought now yeah, I don't, oh, oh, he, when, off, he, he said he, that the only way to guard Zion was to yeah, get Khalil, Khalil Mack, Mack out there. Yeah, that was hilarious. Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean, I thought, the, honestly, the bet, this Elite Eight was the best thing that could happen to college basketball. Every single one of those games came down to the wire. Honestly, the worst one out of all of them was Texas Tech-Gonzaga, which was pretty much a game till. Yeah. By the way, can we talk about how crazy that was? Perkins, a senior, he's been in the moment before in March Madness. Oh, yeah. Reaches over the line yeah. and commits the, fa- like, I just couldn't believe that. Like, that's just like a brain in a In a... Game that was already you had one more chance. Yeah, but I mean, hey, it, it happens. So I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that Gonzaga, that Gonzaga one. I know we're not really supposed to talk about it on air, but whatever. That Gonzaga game won me, or saved me from losing money. It won me money oh. despite them losing. <laughs> it didn't really win me money in the sense that I just won some uh, 
money on all those bracket challenges. So. Yeah, I mean, my bracket, UNC losing completely busted me up. I mean, that one hurt. But, I mean, just talking about this game, that game was crazy to me because you have Texas Tech, number three defense in college basketball, going against the number one offense, Gonzaga, and they were able to shut them down. Like, I mean, yeah. The, the, then the second Not half, like, teams especially the way low. you saw the first half, you told me Gonzaga was going to shoot 50% in the first half and lose in the second half. I would have said, get out of here. Like, I figured that to be a game where Texas Tech's defense would have to come out and make a statement from start to finish. But I felt like I knew. I felt like I knew Texas Tech was going to win. I was actually watching that on my on my phone at a wedding. I respect the grind. It should have been a commercial. Yeah, I respect the grind. But I was watching it at a wedding, and I knew that Texas Tech was going to win that game when it was in the fifties, and it was like, I don't know, like six minutes left. I was like, nobody's. Mm -hmm. If you hold Gonzaga that low, you're probably going to better your chances by at least like. 70% 70% in terms of beating them. Yeah. So, and, I mean, in Texas, Texas team, too, that lost a lot of guys to the league last year. And Zaire Smith, um, I can't think of the other two guys' names that went to the league, but they had other, two other guys leave the team last year, older guys. But, I mean, they still brought people back. Okay. I mean, you saw Matt Mooney, point guard, kind of run the show for him. Jarrett Culver, guy's going to be a lottery pick. I mean, I just thought Texas Tech played an all-around great defensive game. That was the reason why they ended up winning. But the team that surprised me the most this weekend was Auburn. I mean, I didn't think they yeah, had a chance no. in that game against USC. They have some kind of weird magic going on. That You know how Auburn always has this weird stuff happening to them mm-hmm. during the seasons? Yeah, I mean... It's transferred from the football field now. It really has. And I don't like that at all. But it is what it is. And, I mean, that they've lost their star player. And they beat two of what I thought were teams that were significantly better than them coming in. Mm -hmm. Both times. Even after the UNC thing, I was like, yeah, that's just what, that's just something that happened. It wasn't the UNC thing was like a freak accident. Well, yeah. Well, how Auburn does it is the way they've done it all year. They yeah. live and die by the three the ball. Three. And, and I mean, that's the Jared type of Harper team that would beat Virginia yeah. too, which is crazy. And Bryce and Brown, like they could not miss from free. Even that going Kentucky on some game, weird they Auburn destiny. And the reason why they were able to knock Kentucky out in that game is because Kentucky could not shoot the three ball at all. I mean, Auburn, Kentucky would go down and they throw it into Washington, get three quick buckets, but then Auburn comes around, hits two threes, and you know the game's tied up again in two possessions. Kentucky in that game was five for twenty-one from three. Auburn was seven for twenty-three. But I mean, Kentucky hit one three-pointer in the second half, and Auburn hit five, and I felt like that was really the big difference in the game. And let's, I mean, let's. All right, so what are their odds? What do you think your their odds are against Virginia? Because I know Virginia is the only one seed remaining, so everybody's gonna, for some reason, act like they're a favorite because they're the one seed remaining. But they are still the only one seed. Well, right so. now, seventy three percent of the public is betting on Auburn plus five. So I mean, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that. Well, I'm saying everybody's been against Virginia all tournament long. You yeah, know, the team at the chip. We'll get to Virginia because I mean that was the best. I think that's the best game I've seen besides Kimball Walker's game winning step back. But Auburn, I mean, like you said, I mean, they just worked up some crazy magic. I think they have a chance against Virginia. Look, the game against Virginia, we'll talk about it more next week, but both teams play the style of play that it kind of like is the exact opposite of the other. You know what I mean? Auburn wants to run and gun. Virginia is going to slow down, play a defensive game. So really, whoever can put force their pace will win that game. But, I mean, dude, this is one of those crazy just like Marshall. Like, if Auburn wins it all, there will be a 30 for 30 on Auburn basketball. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they might already be a 30 for 30. <laughs> Because they have lost their best player, and then we went and beat. I I think is Kentucky like technically would you consider it the most prestigious basketball college basketball team? I'm a little biased, but I would say North Carolina or Duke, just because I'm more of an AC, some ACC I guess, guy. But like it's, I mean, there's I think it's probably about five. They're definitely teams. a blue blood. Yeah. They're one of those five teams that are yeah, like it's like North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, UCLA, Kansas, yeah. Kentucky. You know, UCLA. like. 
League yeah. of Champions. Yeah. Conference of Champions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that anymore. Conference of Champions. But I mean, let's 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 uh, I mean, let's talk move about on. The, I mean, talk about the best game of the whole weekend. Okay. I mean, Purdue versus versus Virginia. I legitimately can say that was probably the second best college basketball game I think I've ever watched. Period. Like. Just watching that game, you know, Carson Edwards would not stop. He would not give up. He had 10 three-pointers in the game. It seemed like if you get, if you gave him a half an inch across half court, he was pulling it in your face, and he was not missing it either. And, I mean, he just really – it's hard to say he ran out of steam, but he kind of did. Uh, Virginia just kind of outran him. Uh, I mean, he dropped 42. He had multiple. Let's let's. Here's Carson Edwards' stats for the tournament. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. His stat lines in the tournament. So, game one, he drops 26, plays 40 minutes. Game two, 42 points, mm-hmm. 39 minutes. Game three, 29 minutes, 45 seconds. And I mean, honestly, Purdue shouldn't even have been in that game because that was probably one. Of, that was such a horribly officiated game. The ball was off Edwards on that out of bounds play. And I mean, would you, you have called that a foul? The foul call on the Tennessee game. Well, I mean. Here's the thing. Uh, this guy is just unguardable in a sense that he just is going to shoot until it, like, I mean, he's going to make it. He's kind of like one of those players that yeah. in the NBA. It's like, like James Harden. One, yeah, like a James Harden where you're just, he's going to get his. But the difference between the two games is Klein didn't shoot as well in the second game. He mm-hmm. didn't have a good game. And Klein had a, I mean, it, it was a free game. Yeah, that game against Tennessee was a freak game by them. They shouldn't have been in that game to begin with. They shouldn't have had the lead for as long as they did. But they, but I mean, they were blowing Tennessee out. Like Tennessee they were blowing Tennessee out for sure. Yeah, you don't see teams win games where you blow twenty point leads. Like yeah, it rarely ever happens where you still hang on and win a game like that. But I mean, that, that was the most Tennessee fashion. To oh, absolutely. It was kind of funny, honestly. I mean, it was it was comical. It's like that is what Tennessee is built. Yeah, upon. that is literally Tennessee as a program, but. I mean, that Virginia game, like, they were... See, Purdue's thing was they were knocking down threes. Like you said, Klein didn't play as well. There was a point in the second half where Virginia was able to run them off the three-point line and get back in the game, but that shot Virginia hit was crazy. Like, when they shot... Like, I was like, wow, this game's over. Like, I cannot believe this. And next thing you know, Virginia hits the shot. They go to overtime, and it ended up just being an all-around bad beat with how they covered the spread, too. So, I mean, that was... I just... Absolutely crazy Here's what's crazy to me is the... let's, Let's look at Purdue's stat line right here. Six points, seven points, seven points, four points, four points, five points, and 42 points. I mean, that's putting the team on your back. Uh, I mean, they should have helped them out just a little bit in a five-point overtime game. Over half the points. In a five-point overtime game, you're telling me that nobody on that court can score double digits except for your star player. Yeah, I mean, I I legitimately feel bad for Carson Edwards. Like, he got let down. I remember both of us said... Purdue is one bad Carson Edwards game away from getting eliminated. And he never we were wrong. It. Yeah. We were wrong. And like we were completely wrong. We have to wear that. And it was, it turns out that he was one bad all around team day away from Purdue getting eliminated because I mean he he did everything he could. Mm-hmm. And he's gotta be boosting up draft board. Yeah, draft I, boards I was for gonna sure. say, like no no better way to end your career than with forty two points. I mean yeah, he, literally ten threes. He was projected a second round right before this game and Was I he really? Yeah, and I can't imagine you're not taking him Because he was a, I mean he was uh, he's undersized. You know, he yeah, reminds me of Kimball Walker, honestly. He's 6'1", six, he's, he's good with both hands, and he can get to the cup and score from, obviously, we saw NBA range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... He get a shot off quick. I don't he's think, a freak, and you know what? That's a really he good... He's the biggest person. one. He's good at drawing fouls. 
Yeah, and that, that you know how well that <laughs> you know how that well that works in the NBA. Don't 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 start. <laughs> but I mean Carson Edwards. I mean shoot, I'd take him in the top ten in this draft. Honestly, like if I have like if I'm the Hawks and I get that Mavs pick <laughs> no. at like seven, I would do it. I'm telling you, man. He's like that's like I, he reminds me of like a Lou Williams like Kimball Walker type player. He's just I, I'm thinking I'm buckets. thinking if if he slides to the Hawks. At like a late first round pick, or imagine if the Rockets nice got him, up. put him in that D'Antoni system. Woo, that's buckets all day long. <laughs> that's a that's a story for a different day. But all right, we got to move on quickly uh, with this, you know, whole college basketball talk. I know that we still have a little bit more left. We still have that Final Four, and about that Final Four, who's your favorite? I mean, who's the favorite of all of them? I'm I'm low key. Kind of riding a bandwagon right now, for sure. Who, who you got? And I'm just going with a dark horse favorite. And I'm not going to... Usually we say a favorite and a dark horse. I'm just going to pick my dark horse favorite out right. Texas Tech, man. They got the star power. They got Culver. And they got defense. Yeah. And they I'm, got length, too. That's the big thing for me. Length. And they can shoot the three all right. Yeah, well, Texas Tech, I picked... I like them. Yeah. I just like them. I mean, I picked them to go to the Final Four They're originally. My dark horse. I was not even mad watching Florida State lose to Gonzaga after watching that Texas Tech-Gonzaga game. I mean, we would have got blown out if we had faced Texas Tech. They were that good. Um, I mean, Texas Tech, I I can't... Look, they are a dark horse, obviously, for... like. And, no, but I know like, they are, but it's not they shouldn't be. The last point is, you know how I said that Duke, you can't play in this many close games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the same thing about Michigan State. You cannot play in this many close games. They've played in so many close games down the stretch of the season that I mean it's just it's the odds are in the Texas Tech's favor. I'm gonna say that. I don't know why. I got a stat for you here. Tom Izzo is seven and one straight up in his last eight Final Four appearances. <laughs> I like Tom Izzo. I hate that. I stat, like bro. Michigan I, State. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. I hate Michigan State, so I do everything in my power Tom to go Izzo against. Strikes the fear of God. And I, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Does. That defense they have, like I literally I watched I Michigan. Do everything in my power. I've literally watched Michigan be up on them three times this season with about seven minutes left in the game, and I've literally watched Michigan's offense just completely disappear. Like they can literally. Dude, I, Take an I offense hate it. off the I court. hate Michigan State, man. I'm, I'm going to outright say it. I'm, I'm on Michigan State to win it all. I think they're they're my favorite. I don't, I don't want to face that reality, so I'm going to go with the first team out of the gate that can beat them as my favorite. I mean, as I think pick. Texas Tech is a better chance than Auburn or Virginia beating. Like, I really think if Texas Tech and Michigan like State were one on of those, opposite sides, they would play each other like in the championship. It's kind of like Western Conference. Yeah, it's like the Rockets-Warriors yeah, last, year, last year. You know what I mean? Like, in a sense. I, I mean, I guess, but at the same time, Virginia is – they would be the team to be able to beat Texas Tech in a sense of, like, matchup-wise. They're the best matchup. Yeah, I mean, but it, then again, Michigan State just finds a way to win somehow. And I, I hate that he wills them to winning every single year. I mean, so you said 7-1 and one in his last eight Final Four appearances. You know how many coaches don't even get eight Final Four <laughs> appearances? None. Oh That's what God. I'm saying. Tom Izzo gets it done in the Final Four. But, I mean, we'll, we'll move on. We'll, on Friday, we'll hammer out the final four for y'all on everything here. Uh, Vic, what topic we got coming up next? Oh, shit. Let's get it. What you got? The We got the NFL changing pass interference rule. 
Yeah, so, I mean, the NFL now passed a rule where you can review pass interference. I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday last week. Uh, I guess I can, I guess I'll start out a little bit here with this one. I honestly absolutely hate the rule. I don't think you should be able to challenge any penalties except for 12 men on the field just because that's an obvious, like, just counting thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't really, because a penalty at the end of the day is an opinion. It's kind of like when they changed the baseball rule. You're a baseball purist kind of type dude. You know where they changed the rule Mm -hmm. where it's like, you couldn't challenge certain things. You can't challenge balls and strikes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a natural human, like, it was like the human aspect of the Mm -hmm. refereeing. You know what I'm saying? But I kind of like it, personally. And you're going to love this little bit. Apparently, apparently, normally when they make a rule change like this, they name it after the player that was, like, most responsible for that change. Yeah. So, what is it? Nicole, or uh, Ruby Coleman, or what is his name? Uh, um, it's it's Roby Coleman. I can't think of Roby his first Coleman. name is. Instead of the Roby Coleman, whatever his name is, yeah. the stupidest tackle in the history of sports that didn't get called. That'll probably have it. This will have a thirty for thirty for sure. Absolutely. Honestly. Since we're on the thirty for 30. the Saints will have one back to back years as they lost in the Vikings. Yeah, Mary, and then that. That's yeah. crazy. That might be just like one in general, but however. I like it, and apparently, who, who was responsible most for it in terms of swaying the vote was Jason Garrett. Yeah, so they're calling it the Jason Garrett rule, and this is this is from, you know, Sports Illustrated. Okay, it says that it might as well call the new pass interference rule change the Jason Garrett rule, and essentially, you pointed out the fact that two of the best teams in the NFC were like going at it. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and they were having a great, great game. Points overtime. For some reason, everybody in America was talking about officiating, not the not the great play or not the great teams. They were talking about officiating, and I think that definitely sums it up. Not even a big fan of Jason Garrett. I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't even I don't even care for Jason Garrett, but I'm glad that Jason Garrett did something right. So I respect the man for that. Um, I. Uh, like I said a second ago, I absolutely hate the rule change. I think it's stupid. I think it'll definitely change. It'll change a lot of outcomes of games, that's for sure, if you can challenge pass interference. But this man said, I mean, I just hate the rule change straight up. The rule's stupid, and you are also stupid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I mean, you know what? Maybe Jason Garrett is stupid. Maybe that's the clue. I mean, Jason Garrett is definitely stupid. But <laughs> anyway, actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I actually kind of like Jason Garrett. I think he's a decent coach, but that's beside the point. But I think he's a decent guy. I just think the rule's stupid. Like, it's going to change so many games the fact that now we can challenge like that those I think they should uh they should they should only do it in certain moments of the game it shouldn't be all throughout uh I think the good way to explain it is like it can go into review in basketball in the last final two minutes yeah they don't review foul calls they only review like if who's yeah, the ball the, out yeah, of bounds yeah, exactly. on you know or like if it's a three or what the game is a little bit different of course in basketball it's more mm-hmm. fast paced there's more things that can happen so I think they definitely need to look at it because plays like that are obvious where they messed up. Yeah. And like it's so obvious that sometimes that that needs to you know, that needs to be corrected. I mean, mm. that really did need to be corrected. That was a horrible call. And I think in certain cases, especially like that, there needs to be a way to kind of reverse the call. 
So I don't know. I mean, there needs to be a way to challenge it. I, I mean, I don't know if they needed to add challenging to the equation. I think but think about been. it: how many games have ended by a pass by like a bad pass interference? Like if not you many, can count on your, on one, one hand, I mean, yeah, you're right. It you're sucks. Right. It you're is right. what it you're is. Right. I mean, you know, bad calls happen. I think it's it's just the human aspect of the game. I mean, Saints fans just need to quit bitching and accept mm-hmm. what happened. For you know sure. what I mean? It's just it's fa- like I've watched games where teams have you know like it, it just happens. Like even the Carson Edwards thing, like Tennessee. Like you can't you don't see Tennessee fans trying to change. You know. <laughs> It's. I don't like it at all. I think it's that just, is a good point. I think it's like I've comp- think it's. And don't say. Do you say Saints fans? Yeah, Saints players and fans. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And everybody else. So don't just blame the fans. The Saints fans. The Saints are. Yeah, I'll be totally responsible for it though, for sure. Yeah, I mean if the Saints. We'll, we'll get into the Saints another time, but Should I don't we? even really want to talk all that much about the NFL. I know the one thing that I would want to even mention is that like the Browns were the. For real, mm-hmm. I love it. That, that presser where he was like, "I will." Or what was it? What was the exact quote? There's another quote of the day where Odell was talking about. I didn't see that. Talking about yeah, being he's like, "Don't say it, don't say it." I woke up feeling. Don't dangerous. say it, babe. And he's like, "We're feeling dangerous." <laughs> Essentially, so they're definitely feeling dangerous over there. That's going to be their motto. And I, dude, I love the Browns right now. No, I, I love, love it. it too. I mean, it came out today. I think their win total was projected at nine, as well as the Steelers was. Obviously, that's before the draft, though. So, I mean, we don't know what all they're gonna get in the draft. But I mean, I just like the way the Browns did it. I mean, it sucked. It was a long rebuilding process. But I mean, it kind of reminds me of the '76ers rebuilding process. I mean, they sucked for years and years and years. They sucked like over. Like I was literally like, you could not have a worse team right now than the '76ers. Have finally you get Dude. the team together and then you unload all the assets. You know what I mean? And there yeah. was even times like, for example, with the Browns. You know where the Browns traded players or they traded their draft picks and just kept trading back and back and you're like their franchise quarterbacks on the board and they never took him you know like for example like the 76ers Michael Carter Williams wins rookie of the year yeah. they trade him to Milwaukee I think they trade him yeah, to Milwaukee sure. like the next you know what I mean I will like, say I will say on this Browns talk if the Browns outwin the Cowboys by more than six wins I'll sell my Romo jersey I promise you I don't it. know if they'll do it by six, but I'll I think they'll it. definitely out. No, and you got too hard of a division. It's an outrageous. There. It's an outrageous. You know, it's an outrageous thing to say. Hey, six I'm gonna hold you to it. I'm gonna set a reminder in my phone after the show. I'm selling that jersey. I'll sell. I'll sell the Romo jersey, and I will also become. I will disown the Cowboys for one year. I can't do it for that long. For any longer than that, <laughs> bro. I would never put disowning my team on the line. You can't ever do that. But dude, well, you don't understand what it's like being a Cowboys fan. Um, I don't even want to get into what it's like to be a fan because my team blew a twenty-eight to three point okay. lead in the Super Bowl. But y'all got there. We didn't even. We didn't even get there. Bro, that was the most <laughs> devastating thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Dude, I feel like the Cowboys have like personally, personally, like come after me because they won right before I was born. Right before I was born, and then as soon as I got born, they have won. Like three playoff games total. Yeah, I mean those the Braves won the year I was born, and I was maybe like three it's months up, old man. when they won. Atlanta up. hadn't won a championship since. I'm about but sick of them. But that's, hey, that's a that's a subject. For that's, yeah, that's how I was a real fan. Uh, Victor, what we got coming up next? We're gonna go into the power play. Oh, the power, yeah, the play, power play is a so new segment yeah. that. I, me and Brett just created this week, and so basically, we have 30 seconds to talk about each of these topics, and it's three minutes long, just like a regular power play in hockey, so it's kind of similar, so Victor, get us get us started. Alright, did Gronk really retire? Did he really retire? Gronk, this is me, okay. Gronk did not retire. This man is saving his body, he's preserving his body like Tom Brady in a sense. 
but obviously he cannot preserve it as Tom Brady does because he plays a position that's, you know, very physical. I mean, he's blocking, he's catching, he's literally running people over all the time. And I think that, you know, if the playoff or if the Patriots somehow manage to slip into the playoffs like they always do, and they will, 100%. Right. Ronald Acuna deal. Oh, um, I've loved the Ronald Acuna deal today. I um, think it's great that he's a lifetime Brave now. I mean, I was at the game last night. He hit a dinger for us. I think it's a great contract for the Braves, too. I believe it was, what was it, eight years, $100 million? Yeah. Yeah, so eight years, $100 million, I think that's great value for it. If you look at these other hitters' contracts, you're getting these $350 million deals. I think we definitely got a bargain there. And he's still young in this deal. So, I mean, by the time that he's due for a new deal, you know, he'll be older. So... Braves got their future star locked in, and we got the future MVP of the MLB locked in for a big-time deal. Yeah, past, uh, past Brave. Kimbrell's still on sign. What's your thoughts? You gave him way more time than me, Vic. You no, I didn't. bastard. No, I didn't. All right, <laughs> Kimbrell is unsigned right now, but there's two teams on the market. I think that the Braves are still in the chase, and I also think that the Brewers, he's probably going to sign with the Brewers, honestly because I want him on the Braves, so he's definitely not going there. So, what's up, Vic? What up? I, I beat your clock. What's up? <laughs> yeah, you had time to spare, you little bitch. Uh, first running back you're taking in the draft. All right, the first running back I'm taking in the draft is Darrell Henderson from Memphis. I don't know if you all are familiar for, with him or not, but he ran for um, 1,699 yards, and he didn't play in the bowl game, so he couldn't break that 1,700-yard mark in one season. He ran a blazing... 4-3-6 at the uh, Combine and also a 4-4-9. So, I mean, this guy can absolutely fly. What about Elijah Holyfield? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to go next one. Who's your master favorite? All right, this is me. Master's favorite. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm feeling nostalgic. Game of Thrones is that night. I'm going with Tiger. Hell with it. I don't even care. He's my favorite just because he's Tiger. He's won some match play. He beat Rory. He beat the Rookie of the Year in match play. He fell short just a little bit, but still, who cares? Book it, Tiger. Let's go. All right, Harden had his fifth 50-point triple-double. Um, honestly, I'm a little pissed off that this didn't get brought more light in the mainstream media. I mean, it's just like we expect these kind of games out of Harden, you know what I mean? Like, he's averaging 36 points per game. It's just nothing. I mean, he's 17 for 18 at the free throw line in this game, as always. I mean, didn't shoot it great from beyond the arc, 7 for 23. But my comeback to people who always argue about his inefficiency is they won the game by 11 points. So who gives a shit how, many, how he shot the ball from the field? Awesome. Uh, wait, I, I want 20 more seconds because tonight, Russell Westbrook, scored a 20-20-20 game. That doesn't even make sense to anybody, not even me, not Thomas, not Vic. Doesn't make sense. I don't think he, I, I, I think it's, I think it should be, they should change a rule to stop that since we're talking about rule changes. That, that, that's it. Yeah, I'm 20 seconds up, bro. Boom, so I hope I love liked. that, dude. Yeah. I can do that all night. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a thrilling process. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, see, I was a little bit better though, keeping it under the buzzer, uh, unlike you, Brad. Brad, dude, I was, dude, I forgot about the buzzer on the Gronk talk, and I was for a second. Yeah, Brett was ready to do. Brett was ready to do his first monologue on the podcast. On the dude on the Gronk, dude, I was about to hit it. Honestly, he I was have a lot there. of thoughts on Gronk. I'm still upset that I didn't get to speak on it more. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm They're sorry. doing some weird stuff over there in New England. We're gonna stay on the NBA though, but we're gonna. Sorry, man. We're gonna move on to the Rookie of the Year. Ooh. Okay, so the rookie of the year. I know. I know. Why don't you both start? Of, I know both of y'all's favorite is okay. 
Ice I know Trey. Who both, I know. And look, I love Trey Young. I love him so much. And right now, oh, I'm going to shock both of you right now. It has happened before. You want to do the co-rookie of the year? Jason Kidd, Grant Hill. They're two players that, I mean, literally, they have they have had like outrageous games. You know how most years there's like an MVP game that you always point back to. Most years there's also a rookie of the year game that you point back to, and they have both had probably like at least a handful or more for both of them. And I can't, I can't even pick a favorite. And I, I, I want, I was gonna go with Luca, but I think it should be co-rookie of the year. That's I'm serious. Soft. I'm serious. It's a soft answer. It's not, it's not a people pleaser, but it, there should be. And if I have to pick one, I'm just gonna pick Luca, just because y'all are looking at me like I committed a sin for picking a co-rookie of the year. But what, what do you got, Thomas? Um, I like Trey Young to win this award. Look, I might be a little biased as a Hawks fan, but in all seriousness, my biggest beef here with with picking Luka, like, honestly, either way, I don't think like that you're really, you know what I mean? Like that you're really making a poor decision. Like, you know, I can't be mad either way it goes. Like it's, it's a tough way to pick it. It depends on how you judge it. Look, Luka came out the gates hot. He outplayed Trey Young out the gates, you know, like it, it, it took him a little a while, difference maker. but at the end yeah, of the day, Trey Young is the first point guard. I mean, he, the things he's doing is like, yeah. so, like that 45, what was yeah. it? The 45 and against 15 the, game. Like, Wolves. yeah. Or like he has 35 and uh five assists and back to back games as a rookie. I mean, Iverson, Jordan, Kareem. Yeah, he was a lot. Basically, was a lot every single stats. player who did it. There was a ton it, of yeah, those stats. Like, the, there was a ton of those stats where it was like, this amount of players mm-hmm. have, like, Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain. And it was like the craziest yeah, players and I mean, ever. there's stats like, like that for Luka, too. Like, the most oh, rookie yeah, triple sure. doubles and stuff. So, I mean, I can't say that there's a lot of stats that lean one way or another. My thing is, though, Trey has the most 30-point, 10-assist game, or 30-and-10 games of any rookie in the history of the league. I mean, he's just, just everything that Trey Young does, I feel like he's making the, the Hawks so much better. The Hawks have one more win now with Trey Young in the lineup than the Mavs do with Luka in the lineup as they have won. And I, I've both, I've started to think that this, that you know how like it would be advantageous for both teams to lose you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but they're almost like competing with one another just because the rookie of the years are competing with one another oh I celebrate Mavs wins like on Saturday awesome. like on Sunday when Trey tipped that shot and I was like damn it but at the same time I was yeah. like let's go because it's Trey so like, yeah. you don't really care that much but then the Mavs but turn like, around and beat dude, the Thunder no, in OKC I'm I was serious like, both of them have been because even without Giannis the Bucks are a good team. Even without Middleton, they're a pretty good team. They're better. They're on paper. Yeah, they spanked the Nets last yeah, night without Middleton be. and Brogdon. Yeah, they should be better. Well, but, well, right. well, the Bucks not not in that game in that though case, because the Bucks the literally. Out of them, well, the only starter even played for the Bucks in that game was Brooke Lopez. Yeah, so, I mean, right. and the, pretty much their sixth man didn't play either. But, I mean, going back to the point, I mean, Trey's done so many things that he's the first to do. Luke has done so many things he's the first to do. I just feel like that Trey Young has gotten better game to game, you know? I feel like every single game, like, I watch Trey Young play, he's getting better as the season going on, and that's what I want to see. Obviously, Luka is a little banged up, so he hasn't been quite as good. But I just feel like Trey Young, you know, he's been ready for the big stage, and he hasn't backed down yet. And I feel like what sure. the team he has around him, I mean, you could make arguments either way. I think Luka played a little bit better team, but, I mean, that's beside the point. It's about what the two guys do. I mean, I think it's tough to pick between the two. I side, though, with Trey Young just because how he's finished the season rather than how Luke has finished. Yeah, and I mean, 
I definitely agree with that that aspect of the whole thing. But I mean, at the same time, Luca started off hot, so they're almost like they're literally to the point where we talked about it earlier. We were playing two K and we were talking about their overall rating and how it should be like the exact same. Because like right now, it's almost impossible to pick a favorite. Like one does something better than the other, but the other does this. Seems like they one up each other every night. Yeah, it's literally like a back and forth teeter totter. I don't know if they're for ever going to be connected like this, but honestly, it's it's great. And the thing I like about it is they both like support each other. Like you see Trey post a picture on Instagram of something, he's like my city or something like that, and Luca comments on there. Like I'm just I like how they like everybody wants to make it to like a competition between each other. Like Mitchell and yeah, like Mitchell Mitchell and and Simmons were going at each other. Yeah, but like Luca and Trey, they pull for the other person, and I kind of like that too about them. And but then again, though. There's a difference in the Mitchell and the Ben Simmons one because Donovan Mitchell felt like Ben Simmons wasn't a rookie. And he low-key, I have mixed feelings about whether he was a rookie or not. But no, he was not. That rookie. doesn't count in my opinion. Yeah, definitely not a true outright rookie. Yeah. So they were like different classes, so it makes sense. So they have respect in between classes, and that's cool. And I think it's a great like rivalry that it's kind of creating. It's like it's a rivalry for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think both of these teams are set up for the future in terms of you know, just one player that can change any moment. And I think they're set up for the future to maybe, dude, God willing, a Luca Trey finals like 10 years from now. And the Hawks <laughs> win. And the Hawks win. That's all I have to the say. Hawks, and the Hawks win. Bring it later. The, the championship the we deserve. Blow a... Shut up! Shut okay, up! Sorry. Shut up! Yeah, no, we, I don't need I don't need any of that negativity tonight, Brad. It's been a long sorry, day. sorry, 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 sorry. All right, let's get to the last topic here. Oklahoma City Thunder. Actually, they just beat the Lakers. I wouldn't consider that though turning their struggles around really here. I mean, are you? Do you think they can win a series in the playoffs? And are you worried about them in the in the playoffs making any? Noise? Of course, I'm worried about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, why wouldn't I be? They always do some things that would not be expected. I mean, as we got earlier today with Russell Westbrook's 2020-20, honestly, I didn't even see if they won that game. I just got the notification right before we were about to go off. And Yeah, they won by like 16. They won by like 16. Okay, see, the thing is, the Thunder are like a loose cannon in terms of the last two years they've been a loose cannon. They're only getting better, but they're still a loose cannon. And like they can lose against a team like that they should beat on paper, like mm-hmm. the Jazz, for instance, last year. And I'm definitely worried just out of pure, like, his historic nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, they're, they're a team that is choke-prone, and I hate to say that, but I really am rooting for them. I hope that they, like— They're taking down the Warriors. I, um, <laughs> they get that eight seed, they're taking them down. That's all a part of their plan. No, it's crazy because talk. Westbrook's a madman. Um, Westbrook is a mad scientist. He knows that they can't beat him if it's later on in the playoffs because they're going to be out of energy. So he says we need to do this first round. That is crazy talk. And then who they have in the next round would be like the Jazz or the. They would have. Right now it would be the Rockets versus the Jazz. And I mean, we saw that series last year, so I don't think it'd be much different from how it went last year. Maybe the Jazz win a game or two, but I mean, I I don't know. They got. got, uh, They got Melo out of there, man. No, listen, listen, (laughs) though. Here's the thing. 
The Thunder are really good against the Nuggets. They need to be doing whatever they can to get in that seventh seed. No, the Thunder are horrible against the Nuggets. No, is it horrible? Yeah, no, the Rockets are good against the Nuggets. Yeah, the Rockets are disgusting against the Nuggets. Yeah, no, the Thunder... The Thunder are horrible against the Nuggets. No, you're right. Absolutely, the Thunder are 0-4 this year. They've gotten smashed down. They're going for the Warriors. Holy... They want the Warriors. That's that's honestly... They did beat the Warriors earlier in the season, but that was when Steph Curry was hurt. That was when they were very injured. can't be held by Steph. Not for uh, seven. I don't He's taking Steph's ankles to straight to the grave. Nah, I just, just Westbrook just does too much stupid stuff, man. Like there needs example, to be a losing that game at, that against game. Dallas was horrible. I think the Thunder would lose in the difference. Five the difference maker if they, in that, if they played the Warriors in the, the first round. The big difference maker in that theory you have series to Marcus Cousins you have two dogs with stopping and George, and they got embarrassed last year by the Jazz. PG got locked down by Jingles, dog. They're, they're, <laughs> they, I think they are Westbrook's fucking nuts, and they come for the Warriors intentionally first round just to make a statement. They don't even, they don't even need to win the rest of the tournament. They would be completely okay with just beating Dude, if they beat the Warriors, Twitter would be on fire. Like, it, it would probably they would probably crash Twitter. No, that would be the craziest. Dude, if they beat Warriors, they the Warriors the they would crash game. Vegas. There's people in Vegas with like hundred thousand dollar bets and stuff. See financial rifts yeah. throughout like all of economics. Yeah, no, there's people with so oh, much money. I mean, honestly, betting on the on the Warriors to win the finals is a great. Is I mean, it's a great investment. You know, it's a great investment. But getting back to it, I'm very that worried about crazy. Oklahoma City. They will get swept if maybe get one. They might get one pity that game was against first the Warriors. Economic conversation in this. Yeah, that is. Crazy. It's our first like. Growing guys, we're growing. Growing. Next week, me and Brett are gonna do an economics podcast for y'all. Yeah, we're gonna do, <laughs> yeah. slide over to the economics. Yeah, sessions. we're we're changing real quick. But honestly, I'm worried about the Thunder. I mean, that loss at home to the Mavericks, I think, was probably one of those embarrassing losses. You I'm have. definitely worried. I mean, who wouldn't be worried about the Thunder? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like not me. Yeah, I mean, the, and losing like at the Grizzlies earlier in the I'm week. I'm not losing like, sleep over it, but I'm definitely. I like to see them play. Because they have two superstars that do crazy stuff all the time, but at the same time, they just can't. They can't win. They're not powerful enough. They're mm-hmm. literally not there. I mean, they have Aquaman playing center. <laughs> they Aquaman, do. They do have a superhero. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, he needs deactivated superpowers. Deactivated, but he's not in the water, dude. Uh, he's he's kind of been sucking, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. He's not. Adams has not been playing as well. That's. I mean, the team's fallen off completely. Thunder kind of built around defense. I think it's more so just been trying to feel things out in the offense. Obviously, Paul George's been banged up too, so he's been sitting out some games and whatnot. But I just feel like the Thunder. You want to go into the playoffs strong, and the Thunder are limping in the playoffs. The only team I don't think it matters how you go into the playoffs is the Warriors. Cause, I mean, they lost by forty on the last game of the season last year, and you saw what they did in the playoffs last year. So I don't think it changes anything for the Warriors. I think that there's only really only one team that threatens the Warriors, and that's the Rockets. But at the end of the day, I mean, Oklahoma City, they get, they have to figure things out quick because there's only about seven, eight games left in the season. So, I mean, it's... They're not going to do it. No, they won't. No Oklahoma, chance. I think they stay in that eight spot. They definitely don't want to play Denver. They don't match up at all against Denver. I mean, we've already seen how that's gone. 0-4 this season. They don't want any part yeah, of that. Yeah, Denver's way too deep for them. It's just... It's always been Oklahoma City's, like, issue that they're just not deep enough. Mm-hmm. They don't have the depth. But they have their best depth. I mean, they, they, got do, they have had their best depth in years, but they still don't have enough. I, I mean, don't it's think just, it's, it's that. And it's, I just think that they're just it's like... It's something. It's something, right? It's the weirdest thing ever. Like, you can never figure out why exactly that they are not as good as they should be, but they aren't. 
And I don't think that they will. They, I mean, they. It's so bizarre to me that Paul George even. Oh, I don't want to say that. Well, no, no, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. What did he resign? I love that they resign because I love that connection. But I mean, the Thunder have something missing. I don't know what it is. It's maybe Paul they George's need a shoulder. That's missing. It's made out of paper and shaver. He's been. What he tears, his shoulder is. It's hanging on by like two ligaments currently. <laughs> He's been shooting through a blown out. Right, fucking. Yeah, they just need to go to the offseason. Something's yeah, wrong. No, with he him. definitely needs some shoulder surgery in the offseason to get that thing fixed. All right, before we roast the Oklahoma City Thunder anymore, <laughs> we need to just wrap it up. It's yeah. been a long. It's been a long day for all of us. Yeah, it's I'm been a long night for Thomas. He's got to wake up early in the morning, so Shh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We got a. We got one coming next week. No, we're podcasting Friday. Friday. Before yeah, you're the right. Final Friday. Four. Friday, right before yeah. Final Four, and then we have one. We'll have one more after the Final Four. It should be a very interesting weekend. I don't think this is another one of those Final Fours that you really just don't even have a clue what might happen. I mean, Auburn. I don't. What's happening? I, I know what's well, happening. Yeah, but at the same time, I didn't think I knew what was happening in the last two games with Auburn in it. And I picked three out of the Final Four teams right. Only problem is I lost my champion. So. Well, that's, a, that's a huge part of the bracket, Tom. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. It's a pretty substantial part. I mean, I don't. I, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But appreciate everyone tuning in once again. Victor, I appreciate you joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. I think it worked well. Definitely keep the keep it all going. I think that I like the addition of the power play segment. The power play is the funnest thing that we've done. I, oh yeah, I enjoyed the power play so much. Oh, trust me, it only gets better when we got the bets. When we actually get get projected lines like even farther ahead. You know, for oh football. yeah, the, the no, problem is with the, NBA. It, started, it all started with the guinea pig. Yeah, the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guinea pig from last episode, man. No, it definitely, absolutely. But appreciate everyone tuning in once again. Brett, you got any words? I have no final words except I did want to leave for the quote of the day. Let's get it. The quote of the day was from. I'm gonna have to pull it up real quick. I should have been doing this in the meantime, but it's from Channing Fry. He announced his retirement today, and he probably he's got to be the funniest player in the NBA. For sure. Everything that he does is funny. He has a podcast. It's worth listening to. And I'm not exactly sure what the name is. I forget. But he does it with uh, uh, Richard Jefferson. Oh, really? And the quote was, to accepting all challenges in retirement, he said, I'm rich. I'm a champion. I'm 35 and retiring, and I'm living a great life. So if you think I suck, I'll see you at LA Fitness in a year, motherfucker. So he pretty much is just calling anybody out. I'm pretty sure Dwayne Wade tagged him back and said that name it time and place in your barbecue chicken. That was the exact one <laughs> on that one. So, well, uh, I, you got you got to let off that Phil Mickelson one. Oh yeah, the Phil Mickelson one as well. He was getting heckled by a country music artist, Jake Owen. Go Knowles. Yeah, yeah. Is he a Knoll? Yeah, oh, he God. is. And he pretty much, essentially. Jake Owen wanted his money back for the match, uh, you know, the famed Phil versus Tiger, mm-hmm. and was heckling him, and Phil Mickelson whipped out a $100 bill and ended up telling him that he said, I won 90000 of these things yesterday. Take a 100 and go fuck yourself is pretty much what he said. And I think that just wraps up Phil's whole career. Great quotes this week. There's so many. Uh, those were two of my, our, my favorite I guess all of our favorites. But thanks for tuning in. Thomas, take it away. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you all again on Friday. Till then, peace.